outside of the, the big news cycle that's been going on lately, um, on a side note of that news cycle, you've probably seen a picture online, on the internet, uh, uh, just regarding this, and it's basically a roll of toilet paper. Have you guys seen this? Probably you've seen this all over the place. And as I was thinking about this crazy item that now has become a prized possession in our culture for some reason, it makes me realize uh, that often what goes on in society beyond our control reveals what we fear. And for some reason, people are fearing um, the lack of toilet paper, so they're rushing out to buy it these days. But think about this for a second. What we fear most, what do you think about that? Ask that question, what do you fear most? And I I have this sense that what we're reminded of in this moment these days is what we fear most is, is a lack of control, is a lack of control, that we do not have control. Came across this quote this week by Barbara Brown Taylor. She says, we do not lose control of our lives. We lose the illusion that we were ever in control in the first place. Right? We don't lose control of our lives. We lose the illusion in moments like these that we really ever had control in the first place. And I think that's maybe a feeling that's going on these days uh, among many of our circles. But one of the the statements we're going to look at today... Jesus said something as he was unpacking this statement about himself. And he said these words and that I think are so appealing to us this week. And I think are so appealing and would be very attractive and necessary and needed uh, for so many people if they would listen. And he said these words in John 10.10. 10. It's a very popular verse. He says, the, the thief has come to steal, kill, or destroy. But he says, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Think about that for a second. Think of how appealing that sounds right now. That there is a source, there is someone who can give you life to the fullest. Life overflowing. I think that would be, that's very appealing these days. That's very appealing right now. And as you think about that statement, that statement fits inside a conversation that Jesus was having with religious leaders. If you were with us last week, we were walking through John 8. Again, Jesus speaking with religious leaders outside of the temple during a festival. And, and now there's another conversation going on in John 9 and 10. And here's Jesus in the middle of this, this conversation. And I think when we read the conversation, we get a sense it helps us understand how and why he gives us this kind of life. So I'm, I'm going to read it with you. And um, if you've got a Bible, turn to it. It's John 10, verse 1. Um, and here, here's, these are literally Jesus' words. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus says again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. 
Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here's this another I am statement. It's the third one for us in the series we're in. And here's Jesus again with all these I am statements trying to explain to his listeners and the people he's in conversation with, sometimes his followers, sometimes those who maybe are, are, are in conflict with him, explaining who he is and pointing us to understand who God is in a better way. And this metaphor he's using, we didn't get to it yet because it's in the next passage and we're going to look at that next week. But it's this metaphor of a shepherd. And if you go back to the Old Testament, one of the best descriptions of a king, one of the most attractive descriptions of a king was this metaphor of a shepherd. Now, one of Israel's famous kings was David, and he was known as a shepherd. That's what he grew up doing. But think of a shepherd, kind yet strong, faithful yet protective, sheep-focused, not shepherd-focused. In other words, others-focused, not me-focused. And one of the best metaphors we find in Scripture for a leader, for a ruler, for a king, is a shepherd. And one of the roles of a shepherd comes in this I am statement of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the gate. Now, I'm sure not many of you have been around a sheep pen lately. I haven't. Uh, kind of first century view of a sheep pen might have been a designated area with a rock wall, a small rock wall kind of built up high enough so sheep could not get over it. Maybe some kind of like um, wood or vine that was old with thorns on top to kind of like protect the, the, the sheep. And open field around that, that whole designated area where literally thieves and robbers were common. Thieves would often steal from you. Robbers would often assault you. And so the sheep, could be in danger. And if you think about a shepherd and sheep, think about you and your bank account. Think about you and uh, the tools you use at work. Think about you and the product you sell. A sheep in that time was food, was livelihood, was, was wealth, was resources. Um, and a shepherd would protect those resources. Now, something really cool that a shepherd would do at night, a shepherd would literally, at night, get near the gate or the opening area um, where there's an opening in the wall and would lie down on the floor in front of that opening. And he would do that to protect the sheep from leaving because if a sheep left in the middle of the night and nobody heard about it, well, that sheep would wander off and probably be taken or hurt. If, but the, the, the shepherd also protected from people coming into the pen because thieves and robbers walked around in the open field and they were looking. I mean, this was like prized possession to get a, a sheep because it was, again, a resource, a form of making money. And here's Jesus telling us with this metaphor. He says, I am the gate. I am a protector. I give you purpose. I lead you to pasture, to feed. Jesus, when he says, I am the gate, he's saying, I am life for you, in your protection, in your safety, in your purpose of going in and out of the community, in, your, in the pasture and being, and being fed. And what's really awesome here is Jesus is painting this contrast with the people he's talking with, with the Pharisees. Possibly he's even viewing them as thieves, people who are in some sense maybe stealing from the people instead of a shepherd who gives. One takes, one gives. 
And this is the beautiful thing about this text. Jesus says, I'm here to give you something. I'm here to give you something. And he says, whoever enters through me will be saved, will find life. Now imagine the Jews at that time, frustrated, you know, striving to find meaning and purpose. 400 years they've been waiting for God to kind of do something new. And, and, and in that time period, they're struggling under Rome's oppression. They were frustrated. They're looking for a shepherd-like figure. And Jesus says, I am the gate. I'm the one you've been looking for. In essence, when Jesus says that, he's making a claim about himself. He's saying, true life is impossible outside of me and outside of, of my community or my kingdom. When Jesus announces his kingdom, when he invites people in, when he says, I'm the gate, I'm the way to get in, he's saying true life is impossible outside of me, outside of my kingdom community. So two things. In Jesus, there is life. And even our last statements, right? Nathan, a couple of weeks ago, shared about Jesus is the bread and that sustenance. Last week, I shared about how Jesus is light and light brings life. But it's not just Jesus. Jesus is the primary source of this life. But he's in this metaphor helping us understand that there's life in his community, in his fold, if you want to say, in his sheep pen. Kind of strange to think about it like that. But the life Jesus wants to give you, here's why we can see that there's life in community. And here's the piece of this. The life Jesus wants to give you is shaped inside community inside his community, inside his kingdom, inside the moments when we gather and nurture one another and help each other and speak into each other's lives. There's a life inside the community that Jesus leaves and is Lord over. And you cannot find that life or be formed into that life anywhere else because that life takes forming and, and growth and nurture. And you can't find that or be formed into that anywhere else but his community. And that's something so, so key for us to understand and grasp. And when you think about the sheep, they weren't stuck in the pen all the time. That was just a place where they were. But they grazed and they went outside and they checked out the fields and they ate and, and uh, they, they explored and they did whatever sheep do. But here's the cool thing. The life inside the pen shaped life outside the pen. The, the learning their shepherd's voice shaped how they lived and how they acted outside the pen. Learning the tone of his voice, the nuance of his voice, the heart behind his voice shaped them and helped them understand how deeply, uh, how, how this kind of life meant, is meant to be lived outside the pen. And Jesus has given us this metaphor. We learn his voice. We learn what it means to be, be his people as we are in, a com in his community listening to him, growing with others. And Jesus is teaching us and shaping us and leading us and helping us discern true life from false life. And that happens when we listen to his voice through the Gospels, through the work of the Holy Spirit, when we are a community of followers together. And here's why this is vital. And it makes it so much more important even this week when so many of you are, are connected to the news cycles and are just, you know, up to here with stories. Um, I, want, I want us to consider why this is so vital for you and me all the time, but we feel it in this season as well. Because there's false stories, and I don't mean fake news, and I don't mean uh, fake news about the virus, but I mean false stories about how you live your life 
and what gives you life and what gives you purpose, there are false stories that want to be fed to you, that want to rob you of life. When Jesus says the thief steals, kills, and destroys, think about that. The thieves outside in the wilderness were things, people that would steal from you. The robbers would assault you. Jesus is initially pegging the Pharisees with this role. Some talk about Satan with this role, and I'm sure Satan's activity is involved here, but the context shows that it's the Pharisees. And there were previous Messiah figures that, that honestly uh, wanted, you know, wanted to lead the Jews elsewhere, to beat up Rome and topple Rome and maybe have freedom, but then Jesus comes. And Jesus, in other words, is helping us understand there's false stories. For the Jews, there was at least three false stories that they were facing. The first false story was Rome, because they probably had two ideas, like any of us in politics. Let's join Rome. If we join Rome fully and bow down to Rome fully, then we're going to have life. Rome was preaching the Pax Romana, the idea that, that they're giving peace to everyone through their system. Well, I'm sure they're thinking, well, why don't we just follow Rome? The other side of Rome and the false story is if we topple Rome, if we destroy Rome, if we take care of Rome, well, then we're going to have life. And that was a story that they were fed. One side from Rome, one side from some previous messianic figures. But another false story was religion because the Pharisees were like, do this, follow this, refrain from this, and then you're going to have life. And another false story is resources. If I achieve this, if I get this, if I have this, then I'm going to have life. And all those false stories, think about this for a second. Rome, uh, resources, religion, or we want to say politics, um, we want to say wealth, whatever we want to call these things, they all factor into this big umbrella, a rat race. Because all of those stories lead us to strive and strive and strive for meaning for life. And we get caught up in that. And in the middle of that, Jesus says this. He says, listen, I'm the gate. Come through me. There's going to be people and sources and ideologies that want to steal and rob and kill. But I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. These thieves will try and steal, but I am giving you life and life overflowing. And the heart of what we can do is this. When we're, when, we're, when we're faced with this, wh what can we do? Two things. We can learn to discern his voice. Right? Jesus says, I'm the gate. He said, the sheep hear my voice. Think about that. The Pharisees didn't understand why people were following him. The Pharisees didn't get. They missed out on what God was doing. And yet there was this group of people growing and growing and growing, listening to Jesus, following Jesus, uh, you know, just seeing how his words and his teachings and his life was so amazing. And the Pharisees did not understand this. But the reason that they were following is because they actually heard his voice. They understood his voice. They discerned his voice. They realized God is up to something and this person, Jesus, is leading us to it. And so they followed his voice and found life. His people or his sheep hear his voice. And that's for us. We need to, we got to discern the voice of Jesus in our lives these days. Because in the middle of other voices, our role as followers of Christ is to pay attention to his voice. Because his voice leads to life. And it's not just paying attention, because we've said it so many times. I could read the Gospels. I could say Jesus said this or Jesus said that. 
but I need to choose to trust that he actually has the authority to lead me to this life and follow him. So discern his voice. And imagine in this middle, the middle of what's going on these days, this kind of like crisis that is sifting us, it's shaking us up, we must realize that we got to listen to God's voice in the middle of all this. But here's this last little piece, and it's this. It's promised life that comes through community. Like, Jesus is so clear in this metaphor as a shepherd, as sheep, in, in, in the sheep community, in the pen, this idea here that, that as we listen to the shepherd's voice, as we're cultivated together as community, then we're called to live that out in culture. And here's the beauty of this. Like, I love the freedom in this text. The, the sheep that listen to God, to, to the voice of the shepherd, go in and out of the pen. There's, a, there's not a sense like we're just you know, all hovered together, huddled together like, like a team, and we never get out of that huddle. No, no, no. There's, we're, we're, out, we're outside in the world and living and doing and acting and, and doing business and creating. And here's the beauty, though. Why we need community? Because inside community, we cultivate the character and the posture of Jesus. Inside community, Jesus shapes us, and we are shaped with one another as we read scriptures and grow and serve and pray and love one another. So inside community, the character and posture of Jesus' kingdom is shaped in us. So when we go outside this community, we live the character and posture of Jesus, and the world can see a glimpse of his kingdom. I mean, what an opportunity we have right now that the world is actually calling us to be scattered and to almost be forced in little pockets of community. What might God do as we stay connected together, being shaped as a community in the posture and character of Jesus, and at the same time we're scattered out in neighborhoods and pockets or where smaller groups of people are gathering and maybe individual, maybe phone calls, maybe even just in social distancing with a phone call, an email, a wave, a word. We become God's living and local presence in the world around us. That is so possible. And it, it functions like this. And I think about my kids and my family and my wife as we sit around a table to eat. Most evenings out of the week, we're sitting around a table at e- in the evening to eat. And I realize that at that table, our character, our kind of like who we are gets shaped. But then we all go out and we work and we live and we're out and about. And some of us are in school and working on projects and involved in music or this and that. And it's at that table that we get shaped and then we go out and live it. That's what the call of the church is. Jesus says, there's power in being a community together, listening to my voice. And he wants to use us in that way. And so that's my call to you as we, we wrap up in prayer. And just before I share just a couple of announcements here, we gather in community, we live it out. And that's my encouragement to you this week. We're staying connected as much as we can, but then we, we're living it out. So I'm going to take a moment. I'm just going to pray and ask God to lead us, to guide us, to lead you, and um, just to help us in this and help us grow in this area and help us right now in this moment to give us discernment what that looks like now. What does it mean to be in community and at the same time live scattered in the world, but always listening to the voice of Jesus and and being, you know, just submitting to his voice and what it means to be part of a community. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are in just another beautiful view of your Son, Jesus, and pointing to you and your great heart. 
God, thank you for this image. Jesus is the gate. Through him, we come into relationship with you, into the life of your kingdom that you promise us. Because you're the bread of life, you're the light of the world, and you're the gate. We come into this life through you, and we come into this community through you, through your son Jesus. And God, may we never take this for granted. I know this day, today, especially churches around the world have probably realized at times we've taken for granted what it means to be part of a, the community of Jesus. And we just treasure that. Help us, Lord, by the work of your spirit in us to hear and discern, pay attention, and follow the voice of Jesus and to be a community of Christ followers that is shaped and formed into a kingdom way of life so the world will see an alternate politic, an alternate life, an alternate um, way of faith, an alternate way of depending on resources. God, we do not want to be caught up in the rat race, but we trust and rest in the life that you give us. God, we pray this. We pray this for our friends and family to come discover this. In Jesus' name, amen.